Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. So today I'm kicking this series off and we're going to be talking today a lot about identity. And so that's where, we're, that's where we're headed today. And several years ago, it's been several years now, I was a part of a large group of people that were traveling internationally for a missions trip. And when we got to the airport, everything went smooth. We got through security. There was no problems. We got on the airplane, took off, no problem. And when we landed in the other country that we were going to, one of the people in our team recognized and realized that their passport was right that their driver's license was right, but that their actual boarding pass ticket had their name spelled wrong. And I I, kind of freaked out a little bit, if we're honest, because I'm like, they're gonna just arrest him and he's gonna spend the rest of his life in this like other third world countries prison system because he got here and he shouldn't have gotten here because the name don't match and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I told him, I was like, well, they didn't catch it in Atlanta's airport and they didn't catch it at the gate. And so Delta never caught it and TSA never caught it. Let's just see if the guy who speaks really broken English that works customs in this country, let's see if he's paying attention to your name to see if he catches it or not. And well, thank goodness he didn't. And so we got out and he's in the country. Thank goodness. None of it matters now because the passport's right. The ID's right. We're good to go. Well, I looked and on his return ticket, it was already spelled wrong. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to call the travel company that we'd worked with to set the tickets up, see if they can fix it. Well, they couldn't fix it. The ticket's purchased. Everything's good. There's nothing that we could do about it. And so I had two options. I could either, one, buy a last-minute one-way ticket for him with the right name, or we could just risk it going back to the airport. And at that point, I was like, well, we've already made it this far. Like, YOLO, right? Like, let's just go for it. If you get stuck, like, we'll send you a care package back. Like, you're in the country. You'll be all right. It'll be fine. If they say anything at customs, like, turn and run. Like, we'll find you later. Like, and so we get to the airport, and it wasn't as big a deal as we probably were in our head were thinking. But we were like, this is it. Like, what's going to happen? Because we had no problems before. And so we get up. And I'm like, let's just make it kind of chaotic. And let's not put him at the front of the line. Let's not put him at the back of the line. Put him right in the middle. And so we get there and we're all going through. And the first person's fine, second person's fine, third person's fine. I go through, I'm right before him. And then I turn and I stop and I'm like, this is it. What's gonna happen? Because if he gets back to the US, I'm like, I'll, he, he's on his own there. Like he can get, he can figure it out with the customs in the US. And the customs agent, he's looking at his passport and he's looking at his ID and he looks at the ticket And then he just passes everything back. And I'm like, we did it. We've snuck someone into and out of a country successfully, right? And so today I want to talk about identity. I want to talk about your identity. I want to talk about your name, the name that we all have. And and I'm excited about this. And so in the Old Testament, there's this book on the life of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, it picks up with Jerusalem being seized by Nebuchadnezzar, who is king of Babylon. And once he overthrew Jerusalem, they took some of the best looking, the young, the healthy, the wise men back to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. So they go in and they, and they take this city and they, it's a fortified city and they take it and they overthrow it. And I'm sure they kill a bunch of people and it's gruesome and it's awful. But they pick some of the young, strong, handsome guys to go back to serve as now slaves in the kingdom for Nebuchadnezzar. And look at this in Daniel chapter one, verse six. 
It says, among those who were chosen were some from Judah. It was Daniel, it was Hananiah, it was Mishael, and it was Azariah. And this is the introduction of the life of Daniel. You have he and his three friends here that that scripture tells us that they were selected. They were selected to not be killed. They were selected to go back as slaves to serve Nebuchadnezzar. And imagine what their life looks like now. You've grown up and you're obviously handsome. You're obviously good looking. I know what that's like. Thank you. I'm assuming you're laughing with me, not at me. My wife said amen. I heard her. I'm just kidding. But you have these three guys plus Daniel. You have his friends that their life has been awesome up to this point, right? They're living the dream. They're good looking. They're smart. They're wise. They're educated. All these things they've got going for them. And then chaos happens. This other country comes in and they take over and they start killing people. You got to imagine. We don't really know what happens to Daniel's family or these other guys' family, we don't, we don't know what happens to their families. I assume that they were probably killed unless they were all handsome too. And so you got these four guys that have kind of partnered together to say we're in this together. They're now going and they're being drugged off to this foreign land to become slaves. And the next thing that's going to happen to them is that they're going to have their name changed. It's the first thing that they do to them when they get back. Now, in today's culture, not everyone is named based on the meaning of their name. In this culture, you were named what you were named because of the meaning of that name. Your parents named you that because they knew that it had significance. And so today, that's not necessarily the case in, in everybody's naming. I have no idea what my name means. No idea. Like it could mean something awesome or it could mean something terrible. I don't even know if I've ever looked it up because it's never like meant that to me. And so anybody in the room know what your name means? I'm not gonna have you called out. You can lift your hand. Like was anybody like named what you were named because your parents said you were named this because of the meaning of your name? Anybody? I can't see great. A couple of hands kind of went up. And so in this culture, in this time, everybody's hand would have gone up. I was named this because it meant this. And that's why my parents named me that. But today, it's not the same as it was then. And so then, the name was everything. And so in this time, the meaning of those names were just as important as the name itself. And so Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah all knew what their names meant. They knew what their identity was. And so Daniel's name meant, God is my judge. Hananiah's name meant, Yahweh has been gracious Mishael's name meant, who can compare to my God? No one. And Azariah's name meant, Yahweh has helped. And so today, I want to talk about your identity. I want to talk about what your identity is found in. I want to talk about who you are. And so I've got kind of three questions that I want to talk to you about to help you with us all figuring out what is our identity. And the first question that I have today is, where am I? Now, you're, you're, you're sitting here and you're like, well, that's a dumb question. Like, I'm sitting in Generations Church, right? If you're at home watching online, you're like, I'm sitting in my house. That's a terrible question. But I don't necessarily mean where are you physically right now because you're sitting in the, the worship center at Generations Church. But I'm asking where are you in life? Where are you with your walk with God? Where are you with your marriage? Where are you as a parent as an employee, as a friend, as a child, as a neighbor, a volunteer, a boyfriend, a grandparent? Where are you? Are you present? Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you sneaking around having conversations you shouldn't be having? 
at work? Are you at your desk doing what you're supposed to be doing? Or are you hanging out and not working that hard? In your marriage, are you, where are you telling your spouse you're at? Or are you hiding things from them? As a parent, are you present? Are you there? Where are you in your walk with God? Are you in your Bible? Are you doing devotions? Are you praying? Are you listening to worship music? Or is it just kind of on autopilot over on the side and you show up every seven days at a church assuming that everything's great? But if you really thought about it, you have no idea where you are with your relationship with God because you can't remember the last time you prayed. You can't remember the last time you worked on the relationship. And so today I ask the question, where are you? So Daniel and his friends, they get to Nebuchadnezzar's palace and they have this, this really, really pivotal moment where they have this big choice to make and they can give in to what everyone else is eating or they can choose not to. And so in this day and age, in this culture, as being Jewish boys, they had this very strict diet that they stuck to. And there were things that they could eat and there were things that they couldn't eat and there were things they could do and there were things that they couldn't do. And when they went to King Nebuchadnezzar's palace, they were eating things that, that they necessarily didn't feel like they could eat because of their relationship with God. And so you're sitting there and Daniel and the three other guys that are with him and they're sitting there and they bring out the food and you eat. I mean, you're the slave, right? Like you eat when they feed you, you eat what they feed you. And they bring it out and Daniel's sitting there. He's like, I don't think I can eat that. This is a problem. Like my relationship with God is more important than my stomach being filled. I don't think I can eat that. And listen to this in Daniel chapter one, verse eight through 10. This is incredible. Think about it. He's a slave. This is a slave who could be killed at any moment from pretty much anyone saying to do so. This is what it says. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. So you've got Daniel, slave, meaningless, worthless, nothing, nobody, goes to this head official and says, I need you to cook me a special dinner. Like that's bold. That's beyond bold. That's that's borderline crazy. And this guy is afraid that he's going to get killed because the king is assigned to him to tell the slaves what to eat. And now he's got to go and not get food from the king's table to feed the slaves. And then when the king looks and is like, well, why is Daniel not eating that? Daniel's going to say, well, he told me I could. And so this guy's like, I can't do this, Daniel. But God told this guy to show favor towards Daniel. And this is powerful. Don't miss this. In the question of where am I, look at Daniel. Look at the posture that he's taking. Immediately going in, I'm a slave, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, but immediately says, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna compromise myself at being somewhere that I shouldn't be and I don't need to be eating at the king's table. I'm gonna stay over here. If it means I starve, starve, but I'm not gonna be where I'm not supposed to be. And so I ask you the question again, where are you? Are you going to places you have no business going to? Are you having conversations you have no business having? Or are you staying grounded in the truth 
that is God's word and saying, I can't go over there. I can't be a part of that. I can't go to that place. I can't sit at that table. I can't hang out with that group of friends anymore because I have to stay grounded in who I am. So that's the first question. If we're gonna look at our identity and we're looking at the life of Daniel, first question is where am I? And the second question is who am I? Who are you? My name is Trevor Hyman. That's who I am. That's, that's my identity. That's the name that was given to me at birth. That's, that's, that's who I've been for 31 years now. That's who I am. Look at this in Daniel chapter one, verse seven. This is where it gets into the name change that I referred to earlier. They've had this identity. They know who they are, yet all of that is about to change. The chief official gives them new names. To Daniel, the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. If you're sitting here now, some of us just went, what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I know that story. That's the three guys who refused to bow. That's all found in the book of Daniel. I'm telling you, you need to read Daniel. It's such a cool story. There's so many amazing things that happen. So they have this moment. Slavery taken out of their home. Families killed, friends killed, all of that. Thankfully, they're smart and good looking. They get to go away, right? They're not dead. They're still alive. They still got a fighting chance. They're there, they're slaves, refuse to eat the food. All this is going on. They're trying to figure out the new culture, the new language, all the other things that are taking place. And then someone comes up and says, hey, I know you've had your identity for this. I know your name's been this. All that's changing now. You are no longer who you were. Here's your new name. So new land, new name, now expected to live in the culture and the ways of the Babylonians. When the Jewish people were taken into captivity by the Germans during World War II. They were taken to concentration camps where they were stripped of their names and they were given numbers. This was done for two primary reasons. The first being that it was logistically easier to keep up with who was coming in and who was dying when they could just file them away as numbers. And the second reason was to strip the individual of any humanity, to remove them from who they were and to psychologically break them down to thinking that they are a person who does not matter. They're just a number. So Daniel and his three friends show up as a slave and the first thing that they do is they get rid of who they are. They get rid of their identity. Daniel was God is my judge. It was an identity. Hananiah was Yahweh has been gracious. Mishael was who can compare to my God? No one. And Azariah was Yahweh has helped. And all of that is gone. Let me ask you this question and they're gonna put it up on the screen. If you couldn't tell someone your name and they asked who you are, what would you say? If you couldn't tell them your name, if I came up and I introduced myself and I said, hey, and I'm gonna cheat, and I said, hey, my name is Trevor, and you couldn't tell me your name back, who are you saying that you are? Hey, I'm friendly. Hey, I'm kind. Hey, I'm a, I'm a caring person. Hey, I'm a loving person. Hey, I am, Yahweh has been gracious. Hey, I am blessed and highly favored. I am loved. I am adorned. I am cared for. I am blessed. I am hope-filled how would you describe yourself? If you couldn't tell me your name, would it be, how you doing? Like, right, whenever we ask the question, how you doing, what's the answer everybody gives, right? One, two, three, busy, right? Man, life's crazy. 
Life's chaotic. Like, is that how you would describe yourself to me if I asked, hey, who are you? Without you being able to give your name, I'd just be like, hey, I'm busy. Hey, I'm chaos. Hey, I'm crazy. Like, right? Who are you? What's your identity found in? Who do you say that you are? For some of us, we struggle with that, don't we? I'm not who I wanna be. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm depressed, I'm stressed, I'm angry, I'm alone, I'm sad, I'm scared. Who are you? If you couldn't tell someone your name and they asked who you are, what would you say? And the third and the final question to ask about your identity is whose am I? First, we have where am I? Are you where you're supposed to be? And are you not where you're not supposed to be? Second question is who are you? What is your identity? Sorry about that. I don't know what I did, but I'm sure I did something. And then third, whose am I? Where are you on life? Are you living on purpose for a purpose? Are you living on mission? Dad's in the room. Are you coming home and being present with your family at night? Or are you popping open a cold one and zoning out all night for your family to wonder where in the world is dad's head at? Mom's in the room. Are you present with your children when they're talking to you, making eye contact? Or are you burying your head in your phone and kind of listening? Spouses, are you talking to each other? Are you going on dates? Christians in the room, are you aware that eternity is at stake for your friends? Are you telling your friends and family about the love and the goodness of God? And all of that's important. I want you to know where you're at. I want you to know who you are. But the most important thing I want you to know is I want you to know whose you are. Who do you belong to? Whose are you? I want you to go ahead, throw this graphic up. It's gonna stress you out as soon as it hits the screen because it's big. There it is. All right, so you have three columns. I'm gonna explain it to you and then you can look at it with me. Over here, you had the name that they were. This is who they were before they were enslaved. This is their name that they were given in the meaning of the name once they were in captivity. And then this is the shift that took place in their name change. So over here, you have Daniel, who is God is my judge. His name was changed to Belshazzar, which is Lady Protect the King. Look at the shifts. It was shift from male to female. They're taking away his identity. They're taking away who he is. The focus has changed from God to man. And it's an all-powerful God to God King who needs protected. Look at the next one, Hananiah. God has been gracious. Changed to Shadrach. I am fearful of God. And it's changed from gracious, loving God to tyrannical God to be feared. And the focus on God to focus on self. Michelle, who can compare to my God? No one Changed to Shadrach, I am fearful of God. And the shift was gracious, loving God to tyrannical God to be. I just read that one, didn't I? I changed when I went here. Meshach, Meshach, I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated. And the focus has changed from God to self and changed from confident to cowardice. And then Azariah, Yahweh has helped to Abednego, the servant of Nebo. And the change was from son of God to slave of man. Look at the shift that they did. They took their identity away. They changed everything about who they were. And they changed everything about whose they were. It's no longer, I am God is my judge. It's no longer, God has been gracious. It is no longer, Yahweh has helped and it's slave and it's cowardice and it's self-focused and it's focus on man. So they're trying to break them down 
They're trying to take away their identity that they have founded in God. And they show up and their names changed. They show up and they're told to eat things that go against what God wants them to do. And they push back on it. And they say, we're gonna sit here and we're not gonna eat of the food of the king's table. We're gonna stay here and you may call me whatever you want to, but I know whose I am. And I know who I am. And you came in today, it's a card on your seat. I want everybody to take that card. The card says, hello, my name is. And here's what I want you to do with that card today. You have two options for that card. Option number one, I want you to put down, this is who God has said I am. Don't write anything yet. You're gonna have a moment and a second during a response time to write it. Don't write anything yet. You got two options. Option one is you can write down on that card, this is who God says I am. I am loved, I am blessed, I am restored, I am healed, I am made whole, I am blessed. I am blessed and highly favored. I am all of the things that they had. I am loved. I am a daughter of the King. I am a son of the Most High. I am made healed. I am made whole. I'm forgiven. I have hope. I'm beautiful. I'm cared for. I'm loved. What is it that God is saying to you? This is who you are. Maybe you just say, I am God's daughter. I am God's son, and this is whose I am. That's one option. Second option is you can write on that card, this is who the enemy's trying to be convincing me that I am. This is who he's been trying to say that I am. I'm a failure. I'm a second choice. I'm a stepmom. I'm single. I'm divorced. I'm widowed. I'm barren. I'm hurt. I'm broken. I'm dumb. I'm confused. I'm alone. I'm a jerk. I'm used. I'm fearful. I'm depressed. I'm useless. I'm abandoned. I'm addicted. And the list can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And here's why you have two choices. There's some of you in the room that you need to put that sticker on that says, I am loved, I am beautiful, I am made whole, I am whatever it is. I'm gonna change it right now. In a minute, I want you to rip your sticker in half. And I want you to write both. I want you to write a positive. I want you to write, this is who God says that I am. Or this is who I'm believing that I need to be. And I want you to write, this is what I've been struggling with. I've been struggling that I'm not enough. I've been struggling that I'm ugly. I've been struggling with depression. I've been struggling with useless. I've been struggling with alone, whatever it may be for you. And here's what you gotta do. I want you, and it may seem corny, but we're all gonna do it, so we'll all be corny together. I want you to wear the one that this is who God says I am as you leave today. As soon as you walk out, you can take it off. You don't have to go to lunch wearing it. It'd be confusing because it's gonna only be half of a hello, my name is sticker. 
But then here's what you gotta do. Here's the tough part. I want you to find somebody to give the other half of that sticker to. See, we weren't put on this earth to walk this life alone. We weren't put on this earth to do this journey by ourselves. And so maybe it's your spouse and you have a great conversation of, hey, I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel loved, whatever. Maybe maybe you find an accountability partner. Maybe it's someone in your G group this week and you hold on to it. But here's the deal. You've got to get rid of that half the sticker. Don't keep it. If you write down that I don't feel good enough, I feel dumb, I feel addicted, whatever it is, I'm a jerk, whatever it may be, you got to get rid of it. Because if you just hold it on and you keep it, you're just reminding the enemy, remind you that this is who you are. And so maybe you walk it down at the end of service and you lay it at the altar. Maybe you wad it up and you throw it in the trash can out of the way out. But I would love for you to find somebody and say, this is who the enemy has been trying to convince me that I am and I don't believe it anymore. And I'm leaving it here and I want you to be praying for me. And so I've been dealing with depression and I wrote depressed. And so I want you to know that I'm struggling with this and I want you to partner with me and walk alongside me and pray for me and lift me up because I'm loved and I'm healed and I'm made whole and I'm beautiful and I'm worthy. We're the one that God says, this is who I am. And the one that the enemy's trying to convince you, you gotta get rid of it. Don't keep it. For some of us, maybe we need a second card. Grab the one on the seat next to you. For some of us, we need to make a list at home today and we need to give that whole list to our spouse or we need to give that whole list to accountability partner, G group leader, counselor, whoever it is. Say, these are the things that I've been struggling with. But today I want you to know that your identity can be founded in Christ. Because he sent his son 2,000 years ago to die on a cross for you and for your sins so that we can have relationship to God through his son, Jesus Christ. I want you to know that even if you don't believe it today, that you're loved more than you'll ever imagine by a heavenly father that sent his son to die for you because he felt that you were worth it. And you were worth it. So I want you today to answer those questions and be able to know where am I? I'm in the right places or I need to get out of some places. Who am I? What's your identity? And then I want you today to know whose am I? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, today, first and foremost, I want to, to give you the opportunity to answer the whose am I question. And if you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ today, I want to give you that opportunity to, to say, I want to spend eternity in heaven with my heavenly father. And so today, if you're saying I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I want God to be the Lord and savior of my life, I just want you to lift your hand real quick and you can put it right back down. Thank you so much. If you make that decision today, I'd love for you to stop at the information center on your way out, fill out a connection card and mark that you did that just so we can get you some resources. If you did it online, go to g.church slash connect and fill the same thing out. Second thing today is, is as this worship team's leading us in this song, I want you to write down, tear your card in half. And I want you to write down who God is saying to you that you are or who you need to be praying and believing that you are. And I want you to also write down, this is what the enemy's been trying to convince me that I am. 
or whose I am or who I am. And then you got to get rid of it. If you're holding it a week from now, you're not doing it right. Get rid of it and say no more. Saying I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy anymore. Let me pray for you. Pray for boldness. Pray for courage. Pray for strength to do what God's calling you to do. God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for the book of Daniel and the story of the Daniel dilemma, God of the dilemma that he found himself in time and time again, of a name change, of a, of a location change, of them pressuring him to go to places he wasn't comfortable at the king's table. So God, I pray for every single one of us in the room, we would be able to identify in ourselves where are we at in our lives that we don't need to be and pull out of those places. And we'd be able to identify who am I beyond just what my name is, who am I, what is my identity that Christ has given me? And then third and final, God, let us solidify in our hearts whose we are, that we are a son or a daughter of the Most High, that we are loved, that we are cared for, that we are redeemed, restored, and made whole. And so, God, I thank you for who you are and for you sending your son to die for us. God, give us confidence, give us boldness, give us courage to wear with pride and, 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 and be proud of who you say we are and to get rid of what the enemy's trying to convince us of who we are. Let us have great conversations with great people as we give them our card for them to be praying for us. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.